0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson.
1: What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, in for Sean Kelly here in Studio B. Sean and the gang... Is in Los Angeles, where the Pelicans will take on the Los Angeles Lakers tonight at the Staples Center. Part of a back-to-back on the West Coast, and they're back home uh, for a little bit besides a one-game road trip to Memphis on Martin Luther King Day. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. Hope you all have kind of recovered from last night's big national championship game, and what a game it was. Alabama at last Clemson, 45-40. to Lots of suspense, lots of drama, including an onside kick by the crimson tie which kind of looked familiar. I would say for Saints fans maybe a Super Bowl, uh, maybe a little ambush for you as the Saints did tweet that out last night. Great job there. And but man, it was kind of it, it felt a little different as far as the onside kick just because of how clean it was and how Alabama was able to catch it so easily. I don't think the the Saints one was uh, that easy, a little difficult there with a, a little bit more of a scrum, but nonetheless What a cool play designed by Nick Saban. I know probably some LSU fans are not really enjoying Alabama winning their fourth title in seven years, but still a really good game, at least for me as just a a fan of college football. So congratulations to the Crimson Tide. That means congratulations to Mark Ingram, Benny Sinceri, who are both Alabama alums and apologize to CJ Spiller, but still a great season for Clemson finishing 14 and one. So, uh, And if the college football season comes to an end, we'll focus now on the NFL playoffs. Lots of good matchups this weekend, including in the NFC. You have Green Bay at Arizona. I remember a couple weeks ago, Arizona put a thumping on those Packers, and Seattle and Carolina, these two teams met earlier this year, and Carolina won at home. So should be some good games. We'll talk to Mike Triplett about that game. Plus, he'll recap the Saints' offseason. Mike Mike. Covers the Saints for ESPN and ESPN.com. So we'll kind of get his take. It's been 10 days since the season ended. We'll kind of get his thoughts on how the season went in his eyes and maybe what to look forward to this offseason for the Black and Gold. Of course, we'll talk Pelicans on this Tuesday. It's Tuesday, which means Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com will join me from the City of Angels. Pelicans have a late one tonight. 9.30 tip-off between the Pelicans and Lakers. No word yet on Anthony Davis, whether he'll play or not. He did speak to the media, though, yesterday about his back contusion. Uh, let's play some of that now
2: for you. I
3: don't know if we ever really got the full like explanation of what happened. It, it, you hit, hit, like, a piece of metal or something that was, like,
2: the seats? Uh, the um, the little, little two things that be on the chair that hold the seat down, you know, um, when you sit down, they hit the two little end parts. so You can sit down. Um, I hit that right there, so, uh, yeah, that was it.
3: Joke, you want to joke with the people that when they come back that they need to get to the game earlier so they can kind of cushion you when that when that happens? Because there was no, I think there was
2: nobody there, and they say <laughs> the person who was oh, sitting there was a guy, a little boy with two broken arms or something, oh. so, yeah, that would have been oh. even bad, so. No, that would have been worse. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, but I was just trying to dodge the front two people that i seen, Now I, I saw them, man, and lady. and I saw him. I wanted to dodge them, so. Yeah, I thought I was gonna <laughs> land on the chairs but they was up and it just it just happened. Um how do you feel now as far as you
3: know, you're back you're to
2: play tomorrow? I, I feel know. better. I yeah. feel better, you know, um not hundred percent sure yet but you know, I feel better than w- what I did the past couple of days. Yeah. What, what do you have like, this
0: Like a lot of
2: soreness basically? Yeah, you know, soreness a little pain but I'll be fine. I mean just take it one day at a time and then try to get back. Um, you know, backs are a huge thing, so I don't want to, you know, do nothing stupid or, sure. you know, uh, jeopardize anything. But, um, you know, like I said I don't know. I'm not sure yet. We just, we gonna see. Um, keep treating it and see how it feels tomorrow. Last thing, um, I know it wasn't a win, so it wasn't
3: what they wanted. But what did you think
2: about the way they the guys played yesterday? the had, it. it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, and um, we had a lot of open looks. I think Tay had three looks. Ryan had a wide open three. Um, then at the end, Ryan had a layup, you know, it just didn't go in for it. but I think the effort and the energy was there. Um, battled back, um, kept fighting, especially on the road Had a noon game, you know, we, we just came ready to play and, uh, you know, we got to bring that type of effort, you know, throughout the whole game, you know, um, shots just didn't fall at the end for us, but if we play like that, it's definitely going to, you know, we're going to be on the other side of that next time.
1: Okay. So you'll probably have to wait till maybe around... I'm going to have to say 8 Central, 8, 8.15 Central to find out whether AD plays, unless he does speak this morning at Shootaround about it, but he, we probably won't know until later on tonight. Keep an eye on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app. Also on Twitter, at PelicansNBA, and Jim Eichenhofer as well, about if AD will play with that back contusion. So hopefully he can play in a Kobe Bryant's list as questionable with an Achilles injury, so we don't even know if we'll see Kobe Bryant tonight. It's also on NBA TV for those out of the market. You could watch the game, and it should be a a good one. Hopefully the Pelicans can get back on track and get a win on this road trip before heading to Sacramento tomorrow night. Also, Quincy Pondexter was announced that he will have season-ending surgery on his left knee. We'll talk to Jim about that, how that affects the team. It's a shame that we couldn't get Quincy back on the court this year. We'll definitely miss him, but hope the surgery goes well a so big show for you today we'll have uh, mike Triplett from espn.com but first up we'll talk some pelicans with jim can for next this is the black and blue report Your New
0: Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to unwind with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack, presented by Fulton Alley. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers. Plus, Fulton Alley's throwing in a free game of bowling, all for as low as $50. Take flight with the next Guys Night Out on Thursday, January 21st against the Detroit Pistons. Visit Pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today.
4: Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new immune builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange immune builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. Let's continue to preview tonight's matchup between the Pelicans and the Lakers. It is Tuesday, which means Jim Eichenhofer joins me from Pelicans.com. He is in Los Angeles with the team sitting in his beautiful penthouse somewhere looking over the Los Angeles skyline. Jim Eichenhofer, good to see you, my friend.
3: How's it going? I'm doing good. If, if only I could live the life that you've envisioned for me, it would be, it would be amazing. But the the difference between your reality and my reality is is too great right now.
1: Don't but disappoint me, Nonetheless, you, I I know this is the life you live. <laughs> you just don't want to admit it.
3: <laughs> no, well, I mean, I am in a, I am in Los Angeles. That part of it's true. Okay. The other parts, uh, I guess we'll we'll let people uh, leave it to their imagination. Now you
1: know, uh, after the national championship last night, the Alabama team left Lane Kiffin. Uh, he they didn't uh they forgot to. Uh bring him back on the bus, um have you ever been left at an arena before by your team?
3: <laughs> no, no, that's one thing that we always make sure the people that work for the team that we make sure that we always do is is be there you know as early as possible to make sure because I feel like they would leave me they would they wouldn't they wouldn't leave you know Anthony Davis or any of the players, but if I was late, I think they w- they probably would be like, yeah let's just go who cares?" I
1: was about no, to so s- they would leave me. So I'm.
3: Uh... <laughs> oh, they definitely would leave you. Okay. There's no doubt about that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they, they. Uh... So yeah, we, uh, we always make sure that we're prompt with everything. That we're never late for anything. We're always, we always have to be some of the... among the first people there for, no matter what what the uh, travel situation is.
1: Okay, good. Glad to hear that you've never been left. So that's always good. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk some basketball, yep. shall we? Since we have a, a nice and late game, it's not too late for you guys there in the West Coast, but for me, the coffee will be brewing tonight. 9.30 game against the Lakers. Let's talk about Sunday's afternoon matinee against the Clippers. It was a good one, unfortunately. Not the result the Pelicans wanted, losing in overtime to the Clippers. No Anthony Davis, Jim, and I know some people want to say, and it, it's valid that you know the bright side of that game was how hard this team played and the effort they showed. One, I... We just hope they continue to do this every game. But there were some positives to take away. What were your positives from Sunday's game against the Clippers?
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought in a situation where they didn't have Anthony Davis that they got a good amount of other guys playing well. I think some of the main scorers, some of the main guys that you look to in a situation where you don't have AD played well. I thought Drew had one of his best games of the season, maybe maybe his best. Um, Tyreek was was pretty good with, you know, had an all-around game and scored a lot. Um, Ryan had had a a good offensive game as well. So I thought they did some good things. I thought the game overall, though, unfortunately, was kind of uh, a little bit of a snapshot of the whole season in that, you know, when they have – they've had games where they've played well or they've had some good effort. But, you know, just to come away with a loss, I mean, I thought they were encouraged, but at the same time it was like the difference between – um, getting a moral victory, if you want to call that, and actually getting a win on Sunday would, would have been, was so big in my mind. So, unfortunately, they uh, didn't, do, didn't come away with a win, so now they just got to keep going forward, and, and like you said, hopefully they'll, they'll, keep, they'll be more consistent with, with uh, the effort that they, that they gave on Sunday against the Clippers.
1: I think part of the trend I've noticed in the last two games, I would say against the Pacers and the Clippers, the effort has been there, but just shots are not falling. They are getting some open looks, yeah. but they're just not hitting.
3: Yeah, I mean it's one of those things in basketball that is it's it's tough to figure out. You wanna that's one of the things that I think you can't control. I know coaches have said that in the past that um when, when you assess a team after the game you wanna you wanna um think that everything is under your control, but the the two things that you can't control are, you know, how much when you make if you or do or do or don't make open shots and if the other team does the same, sometimes you run it into a team that makes everything, and there's not much you can do even if you're playing good defense. And I feel like the Pelicans got a lot of good open shots, especially in crunch time, which was, you know, unusual in the last few minutes of the game, but just didn't make them. And so, I mean, it's just one of those things that was also frustrating of knowing they had uh, had a lot of chances really to win that game, but just uh, didn't make some of those looks that they did a good job of moving the ball and getting open shots just didn't make them.
1: You know, it's never easy when your star is not playing. That was Anthony Davis. That was the case for the Pelicans with Anthony Davis out for most of the Pacers game and all of the Clippers game. You talked to him yesterday after practice. That video is on Pelicans.com. We just played it um, for uh, everyone in our first segment there. Um, how is he feeling? Um, do you think he'll play tonight? I know you'll probably have to wait until shoot around and probably have to wait until sure. Coach speaks uh, in the afternoon, but how, how close do you think he is to, to being back?
3: I mean, I think he's. I'm not sure to to be honest with you. I think he is getting closer. I think he he definitely feels better. Um, I noticed the one thing right before we actually did shot that video and talked to him was he was he's he was wrapped really um, well with he's got like a like ice wrapped around his entire um, back and you know they've got him whatever treatment that they're doing they they're doing a lot with him. So I know that he's definitely not in a good. In a good situation, it's getting better, but, I mean, you, you can tell that, I mean, just with, I'm, I'm obviously no doctor, but you can tell with the amount of stuff that, they're, that they have on him in the ice situation that, he's, that he uh, took a really bad hit to his back. So um, hopefully he'll be able to play tonight, but, yeah, that's something that we'll probably try to find out from him today when we talk to him at Shootaround.
1: Yeah, be, out, uh, be on the lookout for Jim. Um, Jim, what's your Twitter, just so people can know uh, where to follow you for some of that news?
3: Sure. It's Jim, my first name, underscore, and it's E-I-C-H-E-N-H-O-F-E-R. took me until I was about eight or nine years old to be able to remember how to spell that last name, but that's that's my Twitter name.
1: I'm proud of you for being able to spell it. That a boy, Jim. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Thanks.
1: (laughs) No problem. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. That's what friends are for here, to motivate you. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about Quincy Pondexter. Uh, More injury news, unfortunately. Pelicans announced yesterday he's gonna go under uh he's gonna undergo knee surgery. He'll be out for the season. He kinda of had a feeling something was wrong after the last three games. He went from questionable to doubtful to out. Um, Jim, what are your thoughts on Quincy Pondexter being out and just a shame that he's not gonna be able to step on the yeah. court this season?
3: I mean it's it's really disappointing, and I think that even though, you know, you hate to make excuses and you hate to say like, hey, you know, this things would be so much different if he was on on the court i do feel like in a way he's a huge glue guy from the team he might be the most important like role player on the team because of what he brings up on both ends i feel like on offense he's kind of a a guy who doesn't need the ball a ton but you can rely on him to make open shots and defensively even though the pelicans have been getting better in the last few weeks and starting to move up the defensive rankings a little bit and moving ahead of a couple teams that are near the bottom um I think he makes a big difference on defense as well so and for people who know him i mean it's it's just disappointing I, I'm sure a lot of the fans have met him because he's such a you know friendly guy real personable guy, and I just feel bad because he he loves the play i mean he loves basketball, he has such a like energy for for you know just life in general but but basketball you know he's he's just has such a passion for it so it's just it was really disappointing to hear that that he's going to be out for the season you i mean you'd be you'd be upset if you hear that about anybody, but for him in particular, I just feel really bad for him that that he's gonna miss this entire season Because I do feel like for the team that it would have it would have made an impact if he would have been able to come back and kind of put other people maybe more in their right positions or their right roles, but unfortunately we're not gonna see him again until until next season
1: yeah, really a shame um that's for sure. All right, Jim, tonight, Pelicans and Lakers. This is, the unfortunately, the two worst teams in the Western Conference record-wise. and um, mm. But the way the Pelicans have sometimes done it, you know, you look at that Mavericks game, you can't really look down at any opponent, especially when you're only 11-25. and 25. Um, Kobe Bryant is questionable with that Achilles strain. Um, what are some of the big keys for tonight if the Pelicans want to get their first win of this West Coast trip?
3: Well, you know, the thing is that's interesting, I feel like they've played well against the Lakers here in the last couple of years, sometimes better here than in New Orleans. I'm not sure what that is. I, I feel like a lot of players around the NBA get up for the games at Staples Center because it's such a, it's such a cool environment. It's one of the probably top three places that a lot of guys um, like to play. But, um, you know, I think they they need to, to do a lot of the stuff same stuff that they did Sunday where they did a decent job of sharing the ball um you know the Lakers have some up-and-coming guys that I think have been playing better and better as the season's gone along such as um D'Angelo Russell so I mean it's 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 definitely not going to be an easy game in some ways I feel like um I think a lot of the players i they probably wouldn't say this publicly but I mean um it, it might actually be better if Kobe plays because I feel like it'll it'll might, might bring a little bit more focus and sharpness I know a lot of the players around the entire NBA know that the number of chances they have to play against him are, are dwindling, obviously. So, um, but I'm curious to see if he'll play tonight. I, I'm really right now, don't have any, don't have, really have much of an indication of whether he will or not.
1: It's okay, Jim, I forgive you for that. But, um, before I let you go, you mentioned, <laughs> well, I'm
3: not in the, I'm not in the Lakers, um, training room right now. So I'll, I'll have to sneak my way in there and, and get back to you with an update on that.
1: Yes, please do. Please do. Um, before I let you go, Kobe Bryant, you just mentioned, of course, is retiring at the end of the season. I know for me, and I probably can probably speak for most people, how much he's meant to uh, fans of basketball and just for the world of sports in general. Um, You've covered basketball, not only the Pelicans, but the Hornets for so long. Um, what has Kobe Bryant meant to you? And um, just your, what do you take of Kobe Bryant? I mean, it's 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 had to see that you're going to only see him play a couple more times in person. Um, yeah. So what did, what did Kobe Bryant mean to you uh, covering this game and uh, just being a fan of the sport?
3: You know, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me about him is that as time goes on, um, people have kind of a um, complaint about athletes, whether it's an NBA, NFL, whatever sport, that they're too cordial with the opposing team and that they become too friendly. The thing I, I respect the most about Kobe was just how like ruthless and vicious he was on the court I do feel like he's mellowed a little bit this year you see him doing doing more things where he's you know gracious with the fans and thanking people and being more friendly but I think throughout the bulk of his career the thing that I liked the most about him was just how competitive he was and how he was out there to destroy the other team and destroy whoever was guarding him he wasn't out there to be friends with people I feel like basketball is so much more fun to watch when that's Um, I mean, you don't want to take it too far, but when that's the the attitude and the demeanor that guys have, um, I think people think of that as kind of an old-school thing that was probably more prominent in the NBA in the 80s and the 90s, but that's what I uh, liked about him and respected about him the most was that he was just out there to to take care of business and do a job, and I think um, that's something that a lot of players around the entire NBA should emulate. Um, just the way that he was so competitive and he was so driven to to be great and for his teams to win.
1: Well said. That's Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. He's the Kobe Bryant of journalism. Hopefully you're not retiring at the end of the (laughs) season, but Jim, um, I appreciate all your thoughts on this Tuesday. We'll talk to you uh, tonight at the arena, and you got to bring back a couple wins with you uh, when you come home late Wednesday night, please.
3: I'll do the best I can. I feel like if they can win these next couple games that – yeah, going into a, a stretch where they're home a ton more, I think people's people's uh, perspective will will Im- improve at least a little bit.
1: Eight of the next nine are at home after this road trip, so you're right, Jim. Hopefully, they can get some momentum heading into that span um, with a win tonight and a win tomorrow. Follow Jim offer all day today for some updates on Anthony Davis, and um, we'll be right back. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a little football, a little Saints, a little NFL playoffs with Mike Triplett from ESPN and ESPN.com. Stay with us.
4: Healthcare with peace of mind. Pelican. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with a Pierre's party pack. Ticket packages are available for Select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. Ah. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, January 15th against the Charlotte Hornets. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit Pelicans.com today.
0: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
4: It's
1: been almost a week and a half since the Saints played their last game of the season against the Falcons, but that doesn't mean we can't continue to recap the season look ahead to the offseason. Joining me now to help with that process is Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for ESPN and ESPN.com. Mike, I hope you've had some time to regroup after a long season. Thanks for the time this morning. Happy to join you. Mike, uh, how would you sum up the Saints season? Well, it was definitely a disappointment. Seven and nine,
5: uh, missing the playoffs. first time they've ever had two losing seasons in a row. Obviously, expectations were higher than that. And I think uh, there were so many missed opportunities, especially with the schedule. Losing at home to Tampa Bay. Tennessee and Detroit are the, the ones that really stand out, um, the defense getting worse after they made so many changes and then ultimately having to fire Rob Ryan. All those things were disappointments. But then at the same time, I think they knew going into it that it was they were sort of rebuilding the base with a lot of young players. They began the year with 11 rookies on the team and 15 first-year players total. So they wanted to win and compete and probably get to double digit wins, but at the same time they knew uh that it was gonna be a little bit of uh highs and lows and, and progression and I think they are happy with the way they rebuilt the locker room and the way some of those young players started to develop and come along. They just would have liked more wins to come
1: along with it. You mentioned the uh changing the character in the locker room. That was one of the biggest things the Saints wanted to address last off season. Do you think how do you think the culture has changed in that locker room since you're in there on a daily basis during the season?
5: Well, look, a lot of things we obviously don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. think we fully understood how bad things had gotten in 2014 until people started to speak up. But, boy, you hear everybody talk on, off the record, privately, publicly. It really sounds like everyone is happy with the direction of the team, how invested guys are, how much they care about each other, how passionate they are to come to work, how hard they work. And I think some of that showed up with how well they played in December as well. I think that was a promising sign. Um, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't solve everything, though. That doesn't automatically win you games. But as, as players and Coach Sean Payton have both said, that can keep you from winning games if that's not right.
1: Who on, you mentioned some of the young guys on the roster, some different faces this season. Who on the roster would you say exceeded expectations?
5: Well, that's a really good question. Uh, Delvin Bro is the first one that comes to mind. Um, maybe they had expectations for him to develop into a number one corner right away, covering Julio Jones, guys uh, of his nature. Uh, I, I didn't know he was ready to jump onto the scene and be that good right away. So he, he was an excellent, excellent pickup for them, one of the brightest things that happened this year. Uh, you can say the same about Willie Snead on offense a uh, undrafted uh, rookie who was on his third team uh, last year, and then he, he emerges as their number two receiver, nearly gets 1,000 yards, really promising with those guys, Tim Hightower, you could say the same thing, uh, what a remarkable comeback story, after three and a half years out of the NFL to, to finish the way he did after Mark Ingram got hurt, uh, and then some young players who, I wouldn't say they exceeded expectations necessarily, but Really took that next step, and I think have become core players going forward, too. That really stand out to me are left tackle Teron Armstead and uh, uh, receiver Brandon Cooks. Those are two guys that, that are going to be a big part of this future going forward.
1: It was a roller coaster ride for Saints coaches this season. The team lets go of Rob Ryan. They named Dennis Allen defensive coordinator. And of course, the Sean Payne rumors and press conference at the end of the season was a big part of the storylines for the Saints. One, since we haven't talked to you since that press conference, what did you make of it? What did you make of the feel of that press conference with everyone in there? And what impact does Payne have uh, – what impact does Payne staying have on this team for the future?
5: Yeah, that was a -a one-of-a-kind press conference. (laughs) And and he compared it to when he first arrived 10 years ago, but even he admitted he was reading from a script and uh, uh, said he was kind of embarrassed when he looks back at uh, his first press conference, how rehearsed it was, how nervous he was. But – this time he was a lot more free, a lot more comfortable, but just as excited about getting restarted again. And look, I, I don't know exactly how close he came to leaving or how seriously he considered leaving, but I think it was pretty evident in that press conference that once he had made the decision that New Orleans is definitely where he was going to be. He he was all in, as I wrote. You know, I mean that was a full commitment. That was a passionate commitment. He seems really excited going forward and. You know, it's not necessarily starting over like 2006. Like we just said, they're going into year two now of this sort of mini-rebuild, and and they're hitting the ground running, and, and they're hitting it with some momentum. So uh, I think that was the best possible way to start their offseason.
1: You mentioned that they're not rebuilding, but they're kind of retooling a little bit. But do you sense that maybe this is sort of a new chapter in the Sean Payne era a little bit?
5: Yeah, no question. And look, they did something last year that they had never— really done before, where they traded all those veteran players for draft picks, and they had nine draft picks. That was the most they've had since 2006. It had been the opposite in recent years. It had been more like four and five draft picks as they were trading picks for veteran players, trading picks to move up and get guys like Mark Ingram and Brandon Cooks. They're sort of going all in to win each year in recent years, which I did not blame them for because Drew Brees was in his prime, and they wanted to strike while they really had a chance to win Super Bowls. And, you know, they fell short 2011. That was that was the best Saints roster I think they ever had. And, and it was a disappointment they couldn't get back to the Super Bowl that year. They tried to do it again. They, you know, they made the playoffs in 2013 and, and tried to go for it again in 2014 and really whiffed that year. So I think they finally came to the realization that they want to continue to compete, but they also start to need, you know, need to rebuild that base. They They need more rookies. They need more draft picks. Um, they need more young players to to sort of replenish the the meat of their roster and so they're they're trying to win but at the same time they're they're trying to sort of rebuild from the ground up uh the base of the roster
1: of course you mentioned the draft picks now it's time to focus on the draft and free agency what areas do you think the saints need to address first in the offseason or the primary uh positions yeah. that you think the saints need to address
5: defense defense
1: defense
5: <laughs> <laughs> i mean Look, they've proven two things. They, they just—they've they, continued to struggle on defense, no matter who the coordinator is, no matter what the scheme is, and it's—it's really maddening. And I, you know, there was some promise late in the year, and I think they've got some players that that really bounced back. You know, I mentioned Delvin Bro uh, as a young guy who came on the scene, but I think it was just as important that guys like Cameron Jordan and Kenny Vaccaro and Jarris Bird, to a certain extent. Uh, started to get back uh, to normal. They're going to be foundation guys. Um, the rookies started to come on. Stefan Anthony, Howley Kakaha, Bobby Richardson. But um, still, in some ways, they, they set records for the worst defense of all time. And meanwhile, the offense continues to prove that no matter who they throw out there, they will continue to have a top-ranked offense in the NFL. So, I, look, you've got to keep adding resources to this defense and figure out a way to improve it because, you know, it really held them back, even when they had the number two offense in the NFL and the number one passing offense in the NFL.
1: No doubt about that, Mike. Before I let you go, all four road teams won last weekend in the NFL playoffs for the first time. The NFC has two great matchups. You have Arizona and Green Bay, Seattle and Carolina. Could you uh, see both road teams winning again this week, or uh, maybe the home teams get the advantage, and who represents the NFC in the Super Bowl? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Well, look, I I would say all four of these teams are, are, you you put them on a neutral field, and they're pretty even now. Um, I I wasn't surprised the road teams won last week with Seattle and Green Bay having such a strong pedigree. But now the degree of difficulty ramps up quite a bit. Uh, Arizona is legitimate. I mean, they're good at everything, uh, offense, defense, uh, and now you've got them rested and playing at home. They're going to be really hard to beat, I think. Uh, especially uh, for a Green Bay team that's been so inconsistent, but obviously Green Bay can get hot and score a lot of points. But I'll take Arizona in that game. And Seattle, Carolina, what a matchup! I, you know, I think Seattle might be the best team in the NFC right now, but they just had to survive a dogfight, and now they're going on the road again to a really, really talented Carolina team that's been so great on defense, and now Cam Newton's playing at a uh, MVP level. So that one is more of a toss-up for me, but I'll. I'll go with the home team there. Uh, Winning the entire NFC, Um, boy, it's hard to pick against Carolina, but I I have a a pretty good feeling about Arizona this year. I'll I'll go with Arizona this year.
1: All right, there you go. That's Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for ESPN and ESPN.com on a daily basis. Mike, hope you get to enjoy a little downtime in the NFL playoffs, and we hope to talk to you soon.
5: All right, thank you. Yep,
1: when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
3: You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminix. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it
4: all.
0: And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all it's pelicans game day this is the black and blue report
1: all right time to wrap things up here from studio b great show today big thanks to mike triplett from espn.com it's never too early to start looking ahead towards the saints season next year and also jim Offer from pelicans.com it is a game day make sure you follow jim on twitter and uh, follow the pelicans on twitter and on the website and the mobile app all the updates on ad and the rest of the team as they take on the los angeles lakers tonight at the staples center i'll have pelicans warm up for you at nine o'clock on 99.5 wrno and the pelicans radio network on the television side it will start at nine o'clock as well and then pelicans and lakers at 9 30 central so a late one tonight I hope you can stay up drink some coffee and hopefully watch a pelicans win Then back at it tomorrow um at the uh, Sleep Train Arena, I believe it's called. I don't know what it's called these days. It keeps changing names, but the Pelicans will take on the Kings tomorrow night. Sean Kelly will be your host tomorrow. He'll recap tonight's Pelicans-Lakers game. Of course, it's a Wednesday, which means it's a Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley will join Sean on the show to recap, hopefully, a win and talk about the Pelicans game against the Kings. And, of course, you never know. Who else will stop by? I also want to give a quick shout-out to my wife, Christy Salerson. Hope you have a great birthday. Happy birthday to you. And I'm sorry I have to work late tonight as the Pelicans do take on the Lakers. But that's how it goes, and she probably doesn't like me for doing the shout-out. But, hey, when you host, you can do what you want. So big thanks to all our guests today. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Saints. Go Pelicans. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.